the book of Acts chapter 8, book of Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 35, it says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and he had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading Esaias the prophet. And the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, heard him read the prophet Esaias, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee. Of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. I want to just teach on this thought tonight. And who shall declare his generation? And who shall declare his generation? Let's give the Lord one more hand clap of praise tonight. He's worthy. Come on, if you know he's the Lamb of God that was slain, come on, let's give him some praise and just glory in this house. Hallelujah, we love you tonight, Father. We bless your name. You're worthy, 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 worthy to be praised. Praise the Lord. The other night, or early in the morning, I guess, because it was right when I woke up, I, there was a, a part of a dream that and, and most of the time I don't even remember what I dream if I do I forget it quickly uh, but something about this dream seemed so insignificant but stood out so much that it just stayed with me and I felt like the Lord was trying to show me something in the dream there was a table filled with food a lot of good food, and there was, um, I looked and I saw, it was strange, was I saw a friend of mine that pastors a church, and he was standing with a child, and they walked up to the table, and there was an empty dish, and the man looked at me and he said, he's old enough now to recognize when the good stuff is gone, and I woke up. And I thought, that was crazy. But I began to just have thoughts kept pouring into my mind over that. And, and so I just tried to rationalize it. And, and just I started talking it out. What are you trying to say, Lord? And my thoughts went to this. Your favorite dish will disappear if you or someone doesn't learn to make it. 
It, it kind of reminds me of when I was a child, whenever we had family reunions, the, the tables would be packed with food. Everybody brought something, you know. But everybody always knew that my Granny Walden made the dressing. And so you could be going down that table, but you was looking for that pan. You, they, some other people tried to, every once in a while, slip some dressing in on the table, and you go by and say, uh-uh, that ain't it. You knew what her dressing looked like. And it was so good. And I will tell you the truth that since the last time I had her dressing, I have not had dressing like that ever again. It's because no one ever took the time to get the recipe, to ever spend time with her and say, show me how to make this. Uh, it was never passed down. And, and, and so now that dressing is a memory. Honestly, I can't remember what it tastes like. I just remember it was good. But a memory don't satisfy your craving. And you think, boy, I would love to have some of the good stuff because I can remember it, but I can no longer taste it. And the reason this dish isn't served anymore is nobody passed it down. It wasn't given to anybody. I could say the same things about her biscuits. They, I, I ate breakfast in her house more times than I can ever remember, but I've never had another biscuit like her biscuit. I've had good biscuits, but not hers. But guess what? Nobody spent time with her, got the recipe from it, uh, and so it was never passed down. And so the good stuff is gone. And I was just pondering that in my mind, like, Lord, that's, that's all I got. What you got? And he just seemed to press in my spirit, what are we failing to pass on? There are things that are so good in this walk and in this way and in this life, but what are we failing to pass on? God help us if our children come to the table and recognize that the good stuff is gone. Old landmarks, old paths that says, where is the good way? Biblical truths that are there. What will the result be if we don't pass on what God has given us? We cannot just be silent and hope that the next generation will somehow figure it out for themselves. Well, we stumbled into it. They'll get it. We didn't stumble into anything. It was, it was somebody was preaching it. Somebody was doing it. Somebody was telling it. Somebody was praying for us. We didn't just stumble into it. Somebody still was serving up what God had placed on the table. But what will happen if we get silent? In the book of Judges, chapter 2, Moses is already gone. Joshua is leading Israel. They've crossed into the promised land. And it says the people served the Lord. All the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua. Who had seen the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. Everybody that saw what God did, they hung in there. And as long as those people were there, that generation stayed there and they served the Lord. But then Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, he died, being 110 years old. They buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath, Eris, 
in the Mount of Ephraim on the north side of the hill of Gaash. And also all that generation were now gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. One of the saddest scriptures you'll ever read, some of the saddest words you'll ever read anywhere, that there was a generation that came up after people had seen what God could do, but they had no idea who the Lord was. What will the result be if we get silent on what we know God can do? I know it's, this, is, this is kind of thick and heavy right now. But you hear what I'm trying to say today. That we're living in a time where we must be passing on uh, this gospel. We must be declaring his generation. We must be telling somebody about Jesus. We must be telling somebody that there is a God, that there is a help. There's somebody that loves them. We've got to stand up for the things that got us here. They had saw all the great works that he did. They lived through it. They experienced They. They, they wandered in the wilderness. They went through the Red Sea. They, they, all these things that they saw happen. They, they crossed over Jordan on dry ground. They knew what God could do. They had seen the battles, the victories, all the things that God was doing in their life. But after Joshua died and then the generation that was with him died, another generation was there that did not even know what God could do. It said they knew not the Lord and they didn't even know the works that he had done for Israel. Somebody stopped testifying Somebody stopped saying, oh, I, when, when somebody had a problem, nobody stood up and said, I know a God that can fix that. When they were worried about the enemy, nobody stood up and said, we got a God that can defend us. Somebody stopped telling the children about the Lord. And the result is in the next verse. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And they served Balaam. The only result in a generation, if a generation arises that does not know the Lord, they have one path to follow, and that's evil. If they don't know the Lord, if nobody's telling them about God, if nobody's giving them a choice, they've got one path to follow, and that's evil. The Lord said in the last days, it would be like the days of Noah. When you read in the book of Genesis, it says that it was just set in men's heart to do evil continually. In the days of Lot, the cities, Sodom, Gomorrah, were full of evil and wickedness. Paul wrote that in the last days, evil men and seducers will wax worse. The Lord said in the last days that because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. All descriptions of the last days, evil, evil, evil. Amos 8 and 11, the prophet said this, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, not a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. It won't be the natural things, because we know in the days of Noah, they were eating and drinking and marrying. It wasn't the natural things, but it was the spiritual things. They would not hear the preacher while he was preaching. Judgment's coming. The flood's coming. You better get busy and get with me on the ark. Nobody wanted to hear it. Lot's son-in-laws did not want to hear him. They, they, they mocked him when he tried to tell them God's bringing judgment on this city. They did not want to hear. 
And God said there's going to come a time and people are going to have everything they want, but they will not hear the word of the Lord. And when people stop listening to God, they're going to start following the word or the world. If they won't hear the word, they're going to follow the word. If they, you know what I'm saying. If they won't hear the word, they're going to follow the world. We cannot neglect our responsibility for declaring the generation of the Lord. I know it seems, this seems uh, just heavy and thick. I, I, I get it. But I'm telling you, from that little dream that God gave me, which I thought was so insignificant, uh, he, he let me know that people are going to know when the good stuff is gone. People are going to know when what they uh, had heard back from way back, it's not here anymore. And, and friend, I don't want that to happen in our, in our generation. And I don't want to have it. If the Lord tarries and I pass on, I sure want to know that somebody is still preaching repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and being filled with the Holy Ghost. That they're still proclaiming, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and Him only shalt thou serve. I, I, I still want somebody to, to be telling the truth. No matter how long this goes on, it, it would just sadden me to know and to think that there would be a generation come up behind us that did not even know the Lord. And in Acts chapter 8, where we catch up with Philip, and he's, the Lord is telling him, and in verse 26, it says, The angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and told him, You arise and go toward the south, uh, go down toward Jerusalem to Gaza, which is desert. And it says, And he arose and went. We still need people today that can hear the voice of the Lord that can hear what the Spirit is saying and will actually arise and go when the Spirit says to go to tell somebody about Jesus. He, he was in the middle of a revival where he was at, but God said, there's a man going across the desert and he needs to hear about me. I need somebody to go. Oh, come on, somebody. We need a generation of people rising up today, people that are standing flat-footed on this earth today that have seen what God can do, that know how God can change a life, that God can wash their sins away and fill them with the Holy Ghost. We need somebody to stand up and start telling people about the Lord who will declare His generation. He came and suffered and died for us. It says in his humiliation it was taken away because his life is gone. But who will tell anybody about it? Who's going to start preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified? Who's going to be talking about the resurrected Savior in this last day? Who's going to be telling somebody about a new birth, about deliverance from addiction and all kind of evil wickedness? Who's going to tell somebody about it? Who's going to declare his generation? We need people that can hear what the Spirit is saying in this hour. Go to those people that are not like you. Go to those people that you've never talked to before and tell them about the Lord. In verse 29, after he saw the chariot, the Spirit said to him again, Go near and join yourself. Join up with them. Talk to them. See what's going on. Philip hears him reading Isaiah and he asked him, do you understand what you're reading? He said, well, how can I accept some man should guide me? You see, if nobody is there to do it, it's not going to get done. How can I understand except some man guide me? It reminded me of the words of the man at the pool of Bethesda when the Lord said, will you be made whole? And he said, I don't have a man to help me in the water. 
You see, when there is an absent of the servants of the Lord, people go without. We need somebody to say, God, I'll go. I'll be that voice crying in the wilderness. I'll be that one voice standing up saying, I know what God can do. I'll be the one to stand up and declare his generation. Who's going to do it? Who's going to stand up and declare it? I do not want this younger generation to show up one day and realize all the good stuff is gone. Because they've been around long enough and these kids are smart today. And they're going to know, hey, there ain't nothing but a room full of people. Ain't nothing happening in there. And that's why they go everywhere else. That's why they go to the clubs. That's why they go to all these other places that's got all these programs. Because ain't nothing happening in the real church. But we need somebody to stand up and tell them about the Lord. They need to know that God's still on the throne, that the fire still falls, that the Holy Ghost still dwells inside of people today. They need to know about the blood of the Lamb that washes whiter than the snow. Who will stand up and declare his generation? I don't want our young people to walk away because they say there was a form there, but there was no power. No real salvation, no prayer, no fasting, no miracles, no signs, no wonders. I didn't even feel the Lord. Oh, I want our kids to grow up knowing that angels walk among us. I want our kids to grow up knowing that the Spirit of the Lord is falling still today in this hour. That God is still filling people with the Holy Ghost. That God is still healing cancer and diseases. That there's still devils being cast out. That we're still winning the war. I want some kids to grow up knowing, don't worry, you're not going to scare them. Hey, listen, they need to know that God still wins over the devil. Who's going to declare his generation We've got to do more than just tell our kids, well, Jesus loves you. Yes, he does. But you need to tell them, Jesus loved you so much that he suffered for you, that he died for you, that he shed his blood for you. They killed him on the cross. He gave his life, but he rose from the dead three days later. I know that in this world today, they're so used to seeing all kind of movies with zombies and things. And maybe that reanimation of life, it don't mean much to them. But he wasn't a zombie. He wasn't reanimated. He was new. He was the risen Savior. He came back just like he said he was. Who would declare his generation? Who's going to tell our kids there's a life to live and it's got to be lived for Jesus? Who's going to tell them about the miracle signs and wonders? Who's going to tell him? In his humiliation, verse 33, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. I love the answer because the eunuch says, is this prophet talking about himself or somebody else? And Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture And he preached unto him Jesus. It's still all in him. We cannot be silent on this issue. It's still all in him. He didn't talk about the Father or the Son or the Holy Ghost. He said, Jesus. He went ahead and wrapped it up in the name and said, it's still all in him. And he preached Jesus unto him. We cannot get quiet on this church. We've got to tell our kids there is one God that was manifest in the flesh. And his name is Jesus Christ. 
I know that they live in a world where they might be the minority uh, in their school or around their friends uh, because of that. But you tell them, you teach them, you put it in them. Don't you ever back up on this. Uh, You serve the one true and living God and his name is Jesus. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. It's still all in him. I know sometimes we, we, you know, we got that phrase, oh, I remember the good old days. You know, we say that, often we say that fondly, but it's like there's always a touch of sadness with that because we talk about it like something that, or someone that has passed on and now it's just a memory, a pleasant memory that we have. Oh, the good old days. Oh, I just wish we had the good old days, you know, just, just when I wish we had the good old days where this was happening, that was happening, and, and all these things, but the Bible's got scripture for that. In Ecclesiastes 7 and 10, the writer wrote, Say not, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? Well, thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. In other words, he's, he's, let me just paraphrase. You better not say why was the past better than it is right now. That's an ignorant statement if you do. Because he said you, you don't inquire wisely, so you're inquiring like a fool, like someone who doesn't know God. He said, why would you say that? Why would you come to God and say, oh, God, why, why, was it, why was church better 30 years ago? You don't inquire wisely concerning this. Listen, there's a, a, a saying, there's no better time than the present. Let me put a little emphasis here. There is no better time than the present. The church should never be pining away for the good old days. You hear me? Come on, somebody. There is no better time to be the church or to be in the church than right now where you're standing. Listen, it wasn't better in the days of the book of Acts. It wasn't better when Paul Paul was writing the book of Romans. Friend, it's as good today as it has ever been. You've never lived in a better time to be in the church because the harvest field is ripe and it's ready for harvest. We are, we are living in the time where God has poured out His Spirit on all flesh. We are full of power by the Spirit of our God. He's still on the throne. Miracles are still happening. Victory is still ours. Bodies are still being raised and giants are still being slain. Wonders is what God still does. God's still doing things today. You don't live in a better time than right now to serve God. There ain't a better time to be in the church than right now. The only time the church is going to be better will be in the future when he calls us away. But as for right now, don't you ever say, I wish it was like it was in the days of David. I wish it like it was in the days of Paul or in the days of my grandmother. Friend, why don't we stand up and make this the best time ever to serve the Lord? Who shall declare his generation? Because you can't start preaching Jesus without seeing miracles, signs, and wonders. You're not going to start preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and souls not be converted, people not be saved, devils being cast out, bodies being healed. Who shall declare his generation? 
Oh, I know it's Wednesday night, but the fire's on in this place. The Lord's trying to tell the church something. Hey, don't get caught up crying the blues for what, what used to be. Get up and make something out of it. Keep preaching me. I hadn't lost no power. I haven't lost any authority. I'm still the Lord. Woo, come on, somebody. All power in heaven and earth is still in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you, we've been watching people get baptized in his name and filled with the Holy Ghost. It's still happening. This is the church that God wants to have. He didn't give us a book of memories. He gave us a book of possibilities. He said, this ain't just about something. This ain't just history that you can read and wish that you could have it. You can have it. It still works today. These signs still follow them that believe in his name. They're casting out devils and laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. It's still happening today. Not just in other countries, but right here in Winterville, Georgia. Right here in Athens, Georgia. Right here in this time, in this day, in this hour. God is still God. It's still all in the name of Jesus. But if we, the prophet asked the question, but who is going to declare his generation? After he read about the sacrifice and what the Lord had done, who's going to get it out of the pages and put it in somebody's ear? Who's going to get it in their heart and speak it with their lips? Who is going to declare? Who's going to make a statement? Who's going to be bold enough to stand up and say, I serve the Lord God. He's my king. Who's going to be bold enough in this day to stand up and say, God's still doing miracles? Who's going to stand up and tell about your healing and tell about your deliverance, talk about your chains breaking? Who's going to declare his generation? That's what we need. Somebody telling what the Lord can do. God's always expected us to be those mouthpieces for him. He used a man to be a mouthpiece, a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord. In Psalm 145, David said this, verses 4 through 6, One generation shall praise thy works to another. Friend, if we ever lose that, we're going to see exactly what they saw in the days of Israel. That there will be a people raised up that don't know the... Hey, it's already like that. There are generations of families where kids are being born today and they're not going to hear about Jesus. There are families of people who are atheists. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in nothing. And they're not telling their kids about the Lord. And those kids are growing up without hope. They're growing up without anything to help them. They're growing up without knowing there's a power uh, greater than they could ever imagine. That there's a love that's greater than they could ever imagine. And they're searching this world, trying to fill that void. And they don't know what to do because nobody's told them about living water. Nobody's told them about new birth. Nobody's told them about the Savior. We live in a time where it's like that. But I'm comparing us to Israel right now, God's people. Oh, God, don't ever let my grandboy 
walk into the church and say, Papa, the good stuff's gone. Where's the prayer meeting? Where's the weeping in the altar? Where's people getting filled with the Holy Ghost? How come the baptistry is empty? How come nobody's getting baptized? Papa, where is the good stuff? Oh, no. And if I'm gone and he raises up to preach the word, I pray to God that my great-grandchildren will never say, where is the good stuff? I found an old Bible or an old book that was in my great-granddaddy's office and had all these names of people filled with the Holy Ghost. What is that? Oh, don't let them grow up wondering where the good stuff is. Let's make sure we're passing it on and passing it down and telling our kids so they'll know. Hallelujah. Ah. Oh, one generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak. Oh, I will speak of the glorious honor of your majesty and of your wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. And then in verse 21, he said, My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever. There's a phrase, the lost art of conversation. That because of our social media world, that people don't talk anymore. They text, they message, they share memes. And I look, I'm all for sharing scriptures. I'm all for uh, what you can, how I, I, we ought to use this social media to our advantage to reach the whole wide world. But nothing takes the place of us talking to someone about Jesus. Because people are never really going to get what you're saying through a post. It just ain't the same. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word. And how are they going to hear without a preacher? Without somebody to declare it? How are they going to they, have faith? Look, I'm going to tell you that Facebook, that social media, that Instagram, it just gives them a picture of something. But they don't know who it is that's posting it. They need somebody. Like that eunuch said, I need someone to tell me. I've got questions. I need answers. I need somebody to tell me about the Lord. Tell me what this Bible means. Tell me what that word means. Uh, you know, social media is, is I mean, now, it's, it's the way people's relationships, it's like, Oh, they liked my picture. They must be interested in me. You know? Or they didn't like my picture. They must not like me. You know, sliding into your DMs. Ain't that what they say? Sliding into your DM? That sounds terrible. That just sounds bad. So I don't even be sliding in nobody's DM. You be sliding into somebody's dumb mess is what you'll be sliding into. <laughs> But that's how they ask each other out now. Hey, I know you don't know me. I saw you at a conference, but I'd like 
know if you'd like to go get some coffee. Never heard, never even heard their voice. All you see is what they want you to see. There's a lost art of conversation. And don't, we can't rely on social media to save our kids. That's our responsibility. For our people, I can't rely on people say just 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 hear the podcast. No, you be here and hear me preach. Not because I'm just somebody special, but I'm the pastor for this church. And if God gives me a word for the people of this flock, then you need to be here to hear it. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You can't just say you're part of a church. You got to be there to hear it. Who's going to declare his generation? I've got to open my mouth and tell somebody, declare it. Why do people find it so hard to talk about Jesus? It's so easy to talk about anything else. But why is it so hard to just talk about Jesus? He is the best thing that has ever come our way. Why is it so hard to tell somebody about the best thing you've ever experienced? We tell people about our favorite vacation, our favorite site to visit, our favorite food to eat, our favorite restaurant. And, and, and if you start adding that up, how many times have you talked about your favorite things? I, I, I'm guilty of it. Favorite car, favorite show, favorite movie, favorite day, favorite holiday, favorite this, favorite that. And have 10 different conversations and haven't mentioned Jesus one time. Shame on me. In the scripture, they couldn't even be quiet. Jesus would heal them, say, now don't tell nobody about this. And they're like, yeah, right. Woo! I was blind, but now I can see. They would just go, sure, Lord. Just lie right to Jesus. Just got healed and lied to Jesus. Just, I mean, just run off. Woo-hoo. Hey, how, hey, why are you skipping? You used to be laying on the bed. Well, Jesus just saved me. You know, just, you know you'd be doing all that stuff if you, you hadn't been walking for 38 years. You'd be, come on. Why are you moving like that? Jesus. And they would just tell, and, and it said his fame would be noised abroad. And then he couldn't even go places. He, you know, he couldn't go nowhere to sit down to eat. He couldn't go nowhere to rest. They was just all over him. And what would happen today if only we would just tell people about what Jesus did for us? If we would not keep our new birth silent. Oh, hey, we, we got a lot of babies born in this church over the last year. And man, there's pictures every day of all of them. I'm, I'm sharing pictures of that little fuzzy head all the time. And we all oh, look at this new baby that was born. Look at this new baby that was born. But did you tell anybody when you was born again? I was buried in his name and my sins were washed away. 
Oh, what does that mean? Well, let me tell you what it means. And then, oh, and then I was praying, and he filled me with the Holy Ghost, and I started speaking in other tongues. Whoa, what's that mean? That's what Jesus said. Be born of water. Be born of the Spirit. Start telling somebody who's going to declare his generation. It still works. That's why Paul, hey, I am determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. If I can't start with that and answer every question, then I got nothing. But man, let me tell you, it's all in Him. And when you're preaching Jesus, you're preaching the answer. And when you're preaching about Him, you're preaching what people need. And so you just start talking about Jesus and Him crucified. You start talking about that Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. Friend, things are going to start happening. But who will declare His generation? We have a responsibility. Where am I at? Okay. I'm watching the clock. I'm being good. We have a responsibility. We cannot be silent. And, and, and let me tell you, number one, it starts at home. We don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We need church. We need that gathering. But it can't just be here. It's got to be at home. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command you this day shall be in your heart. And see, that's where people stop. Well, I know what I've got in my heart. Well, if there is anything really in there, it'll come out your mouth. Because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so the next verse says this. And these words, which I command you this day, they're in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. And you will talk. I know that's tough, guys. Men. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. He said, we've got to be declaring this word. We've got to be telling the people in our home about the Lord God. We've got to be telling our kids about Jesus. We've got to be declaring this, and we've got to let them know that we still believe in church, in prayer, in fasting, in angels, in miracles, in signs, in wonders. We still believe in everything that goes on in the book. Tell them what you've seen. Tell them about what God's done. It was never meant to just keep to yourself. In John 17 and 20, the Lord was praying for His disciples that were left. And, and He said, I'm not praying for these alone. They've been with me three and a half years and seen this, walked on water, performed miracles, preached the gospel. They've been a part of all of it. But it's not just for them but I'm praying for the ones that will believe on me through their word. I'm depending on them to go and tell somebody what they have seen. They, they had the scriptures they had the, that they had, but they also had the words of Jesus that he had preached to them, and all they could do was say, this is what I saw. 
You tell me a man walked on water? I was in the boat and I saw him do it. That's all I can do. All you can do is tell. Well, that, what if they, you, you think everybody believed Peter if he told them he walked on water? Nah. Everybody don't believe that. And I'm sure back then they didn't believe it. I'm sure a lot of them probably thought, Peter ain't going to step down. And they sunk down to the bottom and said, I knew he was lying. But it happened. And don't be worried that people are going to say, uh-uh, did nothing really happen. You tell them what you know. You can say what you want to say, but I know when God filled me. I know what I felt like when I come out of that water. I know what happened when he healed my body. I know. I felt it. I know. You tell them. Somebody's got to declare his generation. In 1 Timothy chapter 4. Well, just put it over 10 through 16. Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God. He is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Let no man despise your youth, but be an example of the believer in word, conversation, charity, spirit, faith, purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, exhortation, to doctrine. Don't neglect the gift that's in you. It was given you by prophecy, the laying on of hands of the presbytery. And then he said, meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, and your profiting will appear to all. Take heed to yourself until the doctrine continue in them, for in doing this you will save yourself and them that hear thee. I know we've got to live it so people can see it. But people have gotten so comfortable in just posting pictures of themselves in service and things. And stuff. So people know I've been to church. They knew I was in church today because here's my picture proving I was in church. But what have we said to anybody about it? You know, when, when, when all we had was telephones on the wall, people was on the phone all the time. Parents come in, get off that phone. We got one line, somebody might call. We might, you know, it was, that was for call waiting before you get that little beep and you could click and get call waiting. You had that rotary phone, a cord reached from one side of the house to the other. You could walk through the kitchen, through the den, through the bedroom, and back to the kitchen. Just tie it. I mean, the cord, I mean, it would. It would stretch from here to the other side of the room. My wife had one like that in the house when they started dating. We started dating. But she would have to answer it in the kitchen and go all the way into her bedroom so she could talk to me. So nobody could hear all them sweet things I was saying. But we talked. We've got to keep telling people. Paul further instructed Timothy, 2 Timothy 1 and 2. Listen to what he said. He said, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, those same things commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Paul said, I don't want to just stop with you, Timothy. He said, give it to somebody else. So when they, 
So several generations down the line, they're saying way back when Paul was preaching, this was still happening. That they're not wondering where the good stuff is at. Because they know that it's there. And honey, you can come to the music and you can stand with me tonight. There was a song that brother and sister Everhart used to sing. Every year at camp meeting, they would get several requests for it. She would play the guitar, and they would stand right here behind this pulpit. She would play that guitar, and he would hold that microphone, and they would sing, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Tell your children and your children's children. That's actually from Scripture in Joel. Joel chapter 1 and verse 3. Tell ye your children of it. And let your children tell their children. And their children another generation. If we don't keep telling it. If we don't keep declaring it. How can we be silent. About a God that has done so much. All that we've seen, how can we just sit on that and be quiet? The prophet asked the question, and who shall declare his generation? And I would say, if not us, then who? We can't wait around for somebody else to do it. Don't wait around for somebody else to save that friend. Tell that family member about Jesus. You do it. Well, they might not talk to me if I start talking about Jesus. Well, they'll make that decision. Well, if they ask me, then I'll say something. Shouldn't be like that. That's too easy for us to skirt the edge. Well, I'll just wait for them to ask me. Maybe they're just as nervous about asking as you are about telling. So make the first move. Declare it. Tell them. Tell your kids about it. Hey, listen. Kids won't understand everything. So tell them. Explain it. Tell it in a way that they can get it. You don't have to try to tell them about the the beast in the book of Revelation. Tell them about Jesus. They can understand that. They understand love. They understand faith. That's why the Bible talks about faith as a child. They understand And if we'll explain it to them and tell it to them and teach it to them, like the the Scripture said, it's got to work because the Lord said it would. Because His Word won't return void. But it doesn't work if we don't declare it. So tonight, that's all I'm asking, church. Because I've been doing this for over 30 years now. And I wouldn't I'd do it all over again. And I pray the Lord tarries that I'll have another 30. And I'll just keep preaching. And I'll keep watching young people rise up preaching. We've got a lot of kids in here that in the next, you know, some of them in the next 10 or 12 years, they're going to be teenagers and they're going to be young people. I want to see them serving the Lord, not, not, not straying out. If they get old enough, I want to see them. I want to be watching them when they preach their first message. I want to see it happen. But that'll be just a fleeting dream.
if we stop telling people, telling them, if we start having church without the good stuff. You know, it's a lot of work to prepare all them dishes so good. You know, it's easier now to just, I'll swing by and grab something out of the deli. But those that want the good stuff, they get the ingredients. They know how to measure it, how to do it, how to put it together, how to make it work. And, oh, there ain't nothing like it. But you can go buy a box in the store that says dressing on it. And set it next to somebody's dressing and knows what they're doing when they make it. That looks like two different creatures. And it tastes like it too. I want the good stuff. I want, a, I want a church that's full of Holy Ghost and fire. I want a church where the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. I want a church where there's tear stains on the altar, where the water's troubled, where people are on their knees and on their face and their hands are lifted up, crying out to God. I want fire being preached across this pulpit. Yeah, I, I want angels around the corner of the room praising God with us and worshiping the Lord. I, I, want, I want us every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time we're together, I want us starting a party in heaven, angels rejoicing over souls repenting in the altar. I want to have what the church had. And we're on the right track. Don't get me wrong. I believe we're on the right track. But we got to keep going. One thing that one thing that Joshua that was said to Joshua and, and those that or in Deuteronomy actually the Lord told them you make sure you're talking about this and telling about it and he said because you're going to get to a place where you're going to be so blessed that it would even be possible that you forget me but you forget things that you don't talk about so let's don't let each other forget that church is important. That fellowship is important. That praying is important. That fasting and work study, Bible study. Study to show yourself approved. A workman that needeth not be ashamed. We, we, we've got to make sure that we're reminding each other, building one another up on our most holy faith. Just praying in the Holy Ghost. and we, We've got to make sure that we're keeping one another accountable. Hey, you're my brother. I'm not trying to judge you or pick on you. I'm just saying, where you been? What's going on? Don't get upset at your brother or sister when they say, hey, hey, I see you kind of been sitting back for a couple of Sundays. Everything all right? If they love you, they check on you. So let's make sure we, we can do it. We can, we're doing good. We can do better. And that starts here. I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers at nobody. I'm saying that starts here. This man can do better. But I need, I need our church. I want us all to declare his generation. Let's make sure if the Lord tarries, this is a place that will endure for many, 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 many generations. That when the Lord comes back, this place will still be preaching the truth.